Kia ora! This is Glenn. And this is Elisa. And together we're Yoke. The two best friends navigating our creative journey. We want to make a safe and nourishing space for budding pan-Asian creatives in Aotearoa. So, let's crack on. Hello friends. Today our guest has sailed all the way across the ocean from the city of Ototahi, Christchurch. And she's also a friend and now a family member, which I met from the Asian Feminist Project, Aotearoa. Welcome to the space, the magical Min. <laughs> Hello. I'm Min. I keep resorting to introducing myself as a recent graduate because I don't feel comfortable saying I'm an artist. So. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> Feels. And yeah, I don't know when the right time is to do that. But yeah, I went to UC and I studied uh fine arts, majored in sculpture, mm-hmm. and it was a very intense four years, but it was so good, like mm-hmm. some of the best years of my life, I reckon, like throughout my time there, I became very interested in working with textiles and giving people a more tactile and strange and immersive kind of experience with art mm-hmm. and trying to make this you know, like kind of scary institutional artistic world a bit more welcoming for people, I mm-hmm. guess. That was like the main kind of mindset I had throughout my whole wow. education. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I had a conversation earlier this morning with that girl. What's <laughs> over there? That girl. Um, <laughs> and, and we were talking about fitting into a box and I yeah. hate the, the word fit. In. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what are, your, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I guess it's like the whole like brand thing, right? Like mm. you need to represent your own brand and create something for yourself and represent yourself and... I've had a lot of conversations with people about it. Like, do you say you're a New Zealand artist? Do you say you're an Asian New Zealand artist? Mm, Do you say you're an Asian New Zealand female artist? Like, the tag Mm. keeps getting longer and longer and more confusing. Mm. It does, yeah. And, like, Mm. there are downsides and, Mm -hmm. you know, know, pluses to that. And depending on where you, like, what context you're presenting yourself, it changes Mm -hmm. as well. So that is also a constant battle of, like, trying to figure out how to represent myself mm-hmm. in this pool of people and stand out, but also fit in. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't, yeah. yeah. I get you. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. think it ties in so many different things, like the money side of it as well. Like, do you market yourself in a way that will build you an audience of a particular, mm-hmm. st- like, type? Or do you just do whatever, like, mm-hmm. do whatever works and yeah. figure, yeah. I don't know, it's so hard. And I don't know for me coming up to Auckland and going back down to Christchurch every time I'm shocked at how mm-hmm. different these two cities are despite right. being like so close to each other, like yeah. from the fashion to mm-hmm. what you do when mm-hmm. you go out to where you go, it's right. kind of like everyone does the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't, you really do stick out. My brother studies in Auckland and mm-hmm. when he first moved here, he was like, man, you need to, you need to come to Auckland or just move out of Christchurch. There's so like when you're in the group of people who are like you, mm-hmm. you don't realize what you are missing until you're in it. Yeah, which was like, oh, <laughs> which wait. was super like. I when he said that, snap. I was like, oh my god, what are we? Wow. Oh yeah. my god, what am I supposed to do? Like, <laughs> it's so bizarre. But then I have other friends who are kind of like similar situation as me, mm-hmm. and we have like this writer that we really like called um, Donna Haraway and she Mm -hmm. writes about the idea of staying within a struggle staying within a scene to like see what will 
come out of it at mm-hmm. the end, and that's kind of how we felt about Christchurch. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many pockets of potential there brewing and if we leave will it just be the same old as everything else or can we stay and can we um, foster those connections that we wanted to see when we were younger here and Mm. like can we build something that will help other people like us but the in-between state is so interesting to me I think like it's was it the third culture life is such a mm-hmm. yeah oh, can you speak her? about that i think it's I've like i don't before. remember where i read it and it essentially describes like people like us where you don't have to be born here or born wherever like i i came here when i was four mm-hmm. and i still i like, kind of grew up mm-hmm. in an intersection of, of cultures so i guess yeah it's like a term to describe people who grew up in a society that's got this one main culture and then you have this other inherent one within your like just genetics or your family or whatever and then mm-hmm. in between that is the the combination of the two and how you navigate the world with those two two sides yeah. of mm-hmm. your life I guess and mm-hmm. that that term has always been kind of like a, a reassuring <laughs> term yeah. I guess mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I see Ooh. I feel like that's a such a common trait then because we've mm. talked about with so mm. many other Oh, I'll pass some podcasts about this. Yeah, the in between and yeah. not fully fitting in. Exactly. Fitting in and yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> How do we navigate that? That's I don't to come together. No. Journey <laughs> yeah. as a community. Mm. I think talking about it is important though. Like yeah. what you guys are doing, I think is. I don't know. I'm always like searching, always searching yeah. for like oh Asian mm-hmm. people who have done similar things or like yeah. are doing cool things and mm-hmm. so, I don't know. It's always so hard to find. Mm-hmm. stuff a lot of them are like Asian American exactly yes. yeah, yeah and I'm like mm, yeah. can but yeah. can't yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Aotearoa where the community is so small it'd be such a good chance to like take that opportunity yeah. to yeah. like <laughs> grab it <laughs> by the horns yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to meet people yeah. and yeah. physically as well not just over mm. the mm. internet and finding that genuine connection. Mm. Do you think you have a responsibility as an Asian to speak out about what yeah. you're feeling? Even even just being at university and being one of the Asian students there, I yeah. was always kind of like, oh, I need to not necessarily represent, but be able to educate other people mm-hmm. in yeah. one way or another. And I know it's kind of... Um, a debated topic of like it's not our responsibility like mm. it shouldn't be on us yeah. individuals no, to yeah. teach everyone right. yeah yeah which I, I totally agree with as well but then there's another side where I'm kind of like but I if I have those opportunities I might as well take advantage yeah. of it and try and make mm. it small I don't know perspective change or something yeah. but it, it's kind of like the adolescent side of you coming back up where mm. you'll be out in public and you'll be like oh I can't be seen as one of those Asians so I need to be like this and I need to be quiet and I need to be yeah. blah, blah blah and like mm-hmm. that's like a really detrimental side I reckon yeah. that constantly occasionally like pops up I don't yeah I guess I do feel like a slight responsibility yeah yeah which is why I'm always scared to say things so yeah. no. <laughs> it's no. a yeah I wish we could just exist and yeah that be mm-hmm. enough but yeah knowing that it's not is mm. so like harsh sometimes yeah, yeah. Mm. knowing that people need things like spelled out for them seeing like all the AFPA stuff you guys are very connected or oh, it seems that way very connected with your cultural heritage 
and that's like beautiful but I don't think I ever have a very deep connection with that so I don't know how to explore that for myself then Mm. or like just the in-between yeah I don't know I feel like I personally am connected to my Chinese heritage because Mm. I'm really proud of their journey so I want to learn about them because I'm living home with my parents like Mm. I think it's important to acknowledge and reintroduce Mm. them into my life Mm. and introduce that's beautiful that that's a quote from Pauline (laughs) shout out to Pauline um yeah I think it's because I'm an adult now Mm. I feel like it's a totally I'm totally different and I'm an individual with Mm. my own thoughts and opinions but Mm. it's and it's important for me to reconnect with them. Like an evolved Pokemon, you know? <laughs> like, I'm... Leveled up. Yeah, I've leveled up. I've leveled up. And I want to I wanna know them mm. in a different way. I remember my mum, she'd be like, when you grow up, you'll understand. I'm <laughs> like, my mum too! And I'm like, oh my gosh, mum, I understand. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You are always right. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've actually never told her I'm sorry, but oh, I'll, one day here I will. we are. The <laughs> announcement is right now here yeah, today. Yeah. She'll probably listen to it. Mom, yeah. Sorry, listen. mom. She, she listen. Yes, yeah, she listens. Oh, that's so good. Oh, hello, Gwyn's mom. Hi. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really intrigued what you guys think about like how were you raised and how were your parents like? Because like, were your parents happy with you doing like sculpture? Mm. Obviously, like we had a lot of misunderstandings. So right. at first, I was like, "Oh, she hates that I'm doing something different, and she mm-hmm. hates that I'm pursuing what I love." Yeah. But it just—it was more of like she's concerned that I'm not planning things properly for the future. So like, mm-hmm. I can do what I want to do as long as I'm aware of what it what it means mm-hmm. and like the you know main thing immigrant parents always worry about is like yeah are you gonna be able to look after yourself you know mm-hmm. money is important you can't just ignore it all the time i had like the most ridiculous childhood i think because like mm-hmm. i went to um lincoln high school which is like in the middle of like countryside like we're oh. seen as like a weird country school but yeah. i like oh. started dyeing my hair and like flunking out of half the courses because i didn't like them and like mm-hmm. only wanting to do art and then yeah. it's like weird looking back now because in the moment I was like, oh, I'm depressed and I'm an angsty teen. Yeah. And then I look back and I'm like, wow, I was very lonely. <laughs> I don't think I even went through an angsty phase. Mm. Maybe I don't I'm, know. I mm. feel like because when I spoke to my mum about it, mm. like my mum would say like, oh, when you were younger, like you didn't want to talk to us at all. You would just like listen to music. But I genuinely loved music. Oh. Yeah. And I wanted to like take my iPod everywhere oh. and just listen. Yeah. But like looking back, I feel like maybe that's because I connected to mm. music the most mm. and I didn't feel that connection growing up. Mm-hmm. So I probably was pretty like like angsty, I don't know. Mm. That's, that's Simmering angst. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah mild, mild angst. <laughs> Interestingly, like, I'm probably more shut off now, mm. even though I'm very open and transparent with, like, you and, like, mm. our interviewees. Are you mm. guys quite open then with your parents? I feel like because you, Elisa, you talk to your, like, your parents speak English to you, mm-hmm. whereas I, in mm. my family, yeah. like, my parents, parents talk to me in Chinese and I sometimes reply in Chinese or English. So yeah. there is a 
miscommunication sometimes because like if I say something in Chinese then it mm-hmm. probably isn't the right way to describe how I accurately feel right um so I think language is a big part yeah. mm-hmm. in our relationship that like yeah that is a constant barrier maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think especially because like the language isn't just like translation it's also like mm-hmm. the context of it yeah. and like mm-hmm. there aren't there are some words that exist that can't be trans- yeah, exactly. translated yeah. and then I've also found with like my mum you know, there's, like, tonal differences. I find it so fascinating because, like, my family, yeah, we're English speakers. Like, they speak to each other in, like, Hokkien or different, like, dialects and stuff. And they would say, like, I love you, like, every night and all the time. Mm. Like, every chance I got, they'd be, like, if I leave the room, they're like, I love you. And I'll be like, I love you too. Like, you know. <laughs> no, I do love it. <laughs> but then I remember I spoke to Gwen about this, like, ages ago and how your parents there is no word for I love you in that way yeah like is that the same for you I think that's another side where I feel very privileged almost is that I think my mum she was telling me about her upbringing and her parents were quite like progressive Mm -hmm. for their time like Mm -hmm. they grew up like post-war and they were you know Mm -hmm. struggling and stuff so she always learned from her mum like different ways of showing love and showing people you care and, like, being tactful about it and mm-hmm. stuff like that as well. And, like, oh, interesting. Yeah, and, like, so she... My mum, growing up, she would always, like, kind of, like, similar to your parents, like, mm-hmm. take every opportunity she can get to tell us or show us that she loves us. Mm-hmm. And partly because, like, she was more or less, like, raising us on her own. So she was always, like, trying to give us the experience of, like, a normal family. Yeah, I think I was really... Super, super lucky that my mum is really vocal and mm-hmm. will engage in conversation and force you to engage yeah. half the time as well. She'll be like, we need to talk this out. Mm. Yeah, but at the same time, she mm. also, like, learnt to have boundaries of, like, okay, I'll leave you if you don't, you okay, know, if you good. can't talk right now, yeah. we'll talk later. Does mm. that impact, then, the way you um, interact and communicate with other people, then? I think so, mm. Yeah. Like, for a while, um, I was quite, like, depressed and dealing with a lot of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't know how to bring that up with my mum. So, like, right. throughout, I think, like, end of high school, kind of early mm-hmm. uni, I would, like, I just didn't talk to her mm-hmm. at all or properly. And, like, she knew that there was something wrong, but she couldn't approach the subject. So... Because of that, I think I kind of... I wasn't able to sort of develop opening up as much as my brothers did Mm because they always, like, fought quite vocally. Mm -hmm. Like, my older brother and my mum would just have, like, shouting matches all the time. And because of that, I, like, distanced myself from talking so much. And it's only Mm -hmm. recently that I've been able to actually engage a bit more openly, I think. Like, I wouldn't be able to do this with you guys if mm-hmm. we met, like, four years ago. Yeah, after uni, definitely. Mm. So I weird. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember at the start of this episode, you were talking about how your uni experience, like, was this transformational period, and mm. I definitely agree. Mm. 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 Yeah, what about definitely. you, Elisa? Yeah. How was uni life for you? Like, I'm still living at home. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on a little bit how I was set in this, in the shell <laughs> and I definitely broke out because I went on exchange for six months and oh. I think that's what really mm. changed things because I saw like who I was 
when you travel to a different country, you can be whoever you want. Mm. And I think I really like that idea. So when I came back, I was like, I'm just going to be the most authentic person I can be and mm. just live life without thinking so much about what people thought of me. Because mm. I think I had a lot of... I was definitely influenced by what people thought about me, what society expected of me, what my parents maybe thought mm. I should be or do. Um, yeah, so I definitely broke out. And I think it was the people, like I said, that really changed my perspective. Like, even, I'd say, like, this year is when I've, like, changed exponentially. I've mm. changed my relationships, how my perspective on life, how mm. I act. And, like, I'm not becoming someone else maybe i'm yeah. becoming someone that i sounds that so cheesy was meant to be oh. yeah i mean what do you guys do you guys like who you are now or do you like yourself more than you used to be mm. i definitely like myself more than i used to be mm-hmm. um yeah but um i don't know liking yourself now it's like such a tumultuous thing mm-hmm. I think like a week or two ago I was like oh no like back in back in <laughs> oh like no. back in the depths of like horrible anxiety mm-hmm. and depression and like being mm-hmm. like everything sucks and like nothing like nothing I do is working and mm-hmm. I don't know for me I find that it's not even like a matter of liking yourself or not liking yourself it's just like mm-hmm. I can't justify things for myself mm-hmm. I definitely like other conversations I've had you know there's those horrible you know general expectations of like you graduate uni you Mm. need to find a job and then you need to save up and then you need to buy a house and like the classic like Mm -hmm. um checklist that you need to do do you guys have you guys struggled with that as well like not being able to justify the fact that you don't have a real job or a real career set in mind because you're pursuing something that's not quite Mm. explainable or Mm. physical Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's both the pressure to be, to yeah, have that, have your life sorted and have mm. like the finances yeah. side of it sorted. Like, I feel like I live in like two worlds. So yeah. there's like my parents and then like my boyfriend mm. who is like an en- engineer and mm. my parents are accountants and they're, they've got things sus and they're like, yeah, yeah you got to suss your finances, yeah. you got to do all this and yeah. save up for a house. <laughs> Mortgages, I don't know what yeah, that is. Yeah, <laughs> And then there's like the other world of like my friends mm. and my creative world where I'm just, just living life and yeah. trying to question things and, yeah. and see how things are. I think I definitely come from a very privileged position, but that doesn't like devalue the things that my parents went through Mm. so that they could give me a good life Mm. and that's what my parents want me Mm. to have the most so in that way I'm really grateful that I feel like I believe that like everything will be okay like everything Mm. will will just work work out out. yeah like you have to trust like the timing Mm. and everything but I definitely believe that it's because of the privileges that Mm. I have I totally agree Mm. like I think I just trust the process and I know, yeah, everything will be fine. Mm. But then sometimes I take that for granted, I think. Mm. Like, oh, um, my parents will always be there and I'll, right. I'll be able to live at home until I get mm. married and stuff. <laughs> I think that's it's really, like, sweet. I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about our cultures is that, mm. you know, people... It's it's so openly community-based, yeah. like your family. Like family yeah, 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 and, like... I always talk to my partner because he's Sri Lankan and it's like similar Mm. and 
we're always like, oh, when we, if we ever get a house, our parents will move in with us. And that is like a oh, given, like, cute. yeah, like, like that kind of thing, you know, and yeah. like, um, having that, uh, constant generational support and being there together rather mm-hmm. than it just being financial. Yeah. I think there's such a like foundation and how we, yeah. how our families work. And I really, mm-hmm. I really like it. And it yeah. makes, makes my heart warm, you know, yeah. like uh, this little candle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um. This is something that a friend of mine, Arissa Keen, she's also she also did sculpture with me. Mm. And a recent conversation we keep kind of having is the conversation around art and money and how Ooh, those yes. two never quite link up link yeah. up together yeah. and those conversations never quite occur in a way that's either helpful for young artists or like mm-hmm. engaging or open. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like especially us as, like, young creatives, we're always kind of scared. Like, we were just talking before, like, financial stability of our future is something that we're always thinking about, but it's always, like, a kind of unknown space. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, like, is is there certain things you guys do to deal with that? Mm. Do you listen to anything to deal with that? Like, podcasts or whatever? Recommendations, please. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, interesting. Because the only financial way I fund my works is through funding Mm -hmm. and finding funding through the government or institutions. I feel I'm trying to find other ways. Like I know people who like make t-shirts and then sell them and turning it into like a side hustle I mean, damn, it's like capitalism and everything. No! That's always such that. That's always the hard part. Like, how do you balance consumerism with, like, being able to support yourself? Like, yeah, do we we make things on the side and treat that as just, like, the job side? Mm -hmm. Or do we make the artworks that we're, you know, the art that we're making, do we turn those into, you know, consumer products that are sold? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. how does, how do we work this work within the system and then I, know. I think the main thing was like we we have this weird fear of like asking people for money yeah. when yeah. we do yeah. stuff yeah. and we'd yeah. be like Mm-mm. oh like it's okay it's just yeah uh buy me a coffee or something like don't yeah. give me real money like it's like such an awkward yeah yeah and I feel yeah. it really is mm. I think all creatives are well most of them are pretty humble and yeah yeah you're just doing something that you love and you yeah. i think it's it comes down to like the value you put mm. into it and I, mm, I don't know i'm still struggling with that yeah. Too. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah just copy yeah. 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 yeah i'll do it for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it yeah. oh. it's so hard charging people eh? i know like, like deciding but i think creativity is so valuable like yeah me it's too. the future and mm. i but i don't think it's like the issue of us like what we think, right? It's like yeah. trying to change what society thinks. Yeah, right? yeah. And how do how we it's like, established? And yeah. yeah, I don't think we have the answers, no. and that's no. good yeah. because mm. we're just here to ask questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think we've reached the end of our podcast, but we have three questions left. <gasps> the most important questions oh of this podcast. Oh God! I might just scrap the rest, but just save this part. Okay. How do you like your eggs? Hmm. I'm pretty flexible with my eggs. Um, most of the time I go for scrambled, but I... What's happening? <laughs> Every single person we've asked has said scrambled. I don't know why. I think, okay, in my head, I'm kind of like, 
it's it's such a like you know like when you fry rice you kind of and you put in eggs it's yeah. like the same thing yeah. but uh, yeah I don't know something about, something about scrambled is just it hits spot yeah <laughs> and then they and then I occasionally like uh wasn't an eggs benedict oh yeah 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 but yeah mostly scrambled who do you think we should interview next oh god yeah I really want you to interview my friend mm-hmm. um. Her name's Viana, mm-hmm. and she's really lovely. She's a dancer. Oh, yeah, and she went stunning. and uh, trained in Australia for a bit. Oh, wow. Um, I think in Sydney, maybe? And then she yeah. went to America and then came back. She's done a lot. Wow. Yeah. And her, I find her, like, a really interesting person and really, really funny person as well. So yeah. I don't know, but she's also based in Christchurch, so it's oh, a bit... okay. <laughs> and our final question... What are you the most hopeful about for the future? Hmm. Like in a general, like I'm always holding on to, like trying hard not to become overwhelmed by pessimism or nihilism and like just yeah. trying to, just generally trying to be hopeful about generally. the future, yeah. Hoping things will get better for everyone. Mm-hmm. It yeah. will be okay. Yeah, it will. Yeah. yeah. It will be okay. Thank you, men, so much oh, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This was a really nice experience. Oh, oh my gosh! Good how, luck to you. Thank you. How can this. how can people reach you? Oh, mm. um, I have an Instagram account at mm. just a min, but there's a full stop between yeah. each each word. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you, That's and great. we wish you all the best for the future. Thank you. Once you, too. you crack outside the leg ah. yeah. and live. <laughs> yeah.